I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny One-Putt. And to kick things off, we'll talk about the Charles Schwab Challenge from this past weekend, Emiliano Grillo getting it done in a playoff against Adam Shank. I had my money on Adam Shank on Saturday. Colin had Harris English on Saturday, but nobody had Emiliano Grillo. A good win for Central and South American golf in a non-elevated event. We're looking for Emiliano to kind of take the place of the Abe Answer and the Mito Pereira and the Joaquin Neiman and those that went to live from Central and South America. Next up, we'll talk about the tournament coming up this week, the Memorial at Jack's Place, known infamously for being Jack's Place, but also it's milkshakes. We'll talk about that long rough. John Rahm plays great here. We'll also look at some of the other players we're looking at this week. And we'll round the episode out with some big player golf. We had a big 2v2 match, Ben and Tully versus Josh and Colin at Clustered Spires on Sunday. We got a Tyler playing up at the Lynx at Gettysburg on Memorial Day Monday. We got Canada O's game, and we had a great grill out on Sunday night at Dubs. Everybody in attendance, we'll get more into that. Thanks, everyone, for being here. If you haven't yet, head on over to the Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. It's where we posted all of the updates for our match on Sunday and where we'll continue to post more content, videos from that round coming soon. And if you haven't yet, check out our Facebook page, the Big Players Only Podcast Facebook page. Hope you enjoy the episode. All right, boys, a decent week of golf. You know, we're lucky, right? It's not an elevated event. We got a playoff. We get to see Colonial, right? One of the courses the PGA's been tour- the PGA Tour has been playing at for the longest time. I think since 1946, it might be the oldest current course in the rotation. Famously where uh, Annika Sorumstam was the first LPGA Tour player ever to play on the PGA Tour. The course plays a little short, so it was a good venue for her. I think she just missed the cut by a couple shots. Uh, but let's get to this year's event, right? Emiliano Grillo wins in a playoff against Adam Shank. Not huge names. I think Scotty was running up the leaderboard a little bit. Vic was kind of hovering. Uh, the playoff got in at 8 under, and I think guys were entering that final round at 10 and 11 under. So the course played ridiculously difficult on Sunday and most of the week. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Emiliano and Adam Shank? I know, Colin, I prefaced, I had the intro. You took... Um, Harris English. Harris English. And then I, I had right there with you, bud. He shot a smooth six over on Sunday. <laughs> and then I had Adam Shank, but nobody had Emiliano Grillo. It's a good win for him, man. I'm, I want to see some of these South and Central American guys kind of step up and take the shoes of the guys that went to live. It's cool because he's had, it's it's been so long since he won. I think he won like one of his first starts on tour in like 2017 or something like yeah. that. And then came, hasn't even like really competed in anything since then. I think his putting has really been bothering him. He's like, 135th on tour in strokes game putting or something like that, but uh, clearly it's improving, or either that or his iron game was just absolutely on fire this week. And maybe it's just like the Spanish and, and Hispanic golfers, but he's got a lot of fire to him. You know, he misses a putt. It's a lot, a lot of theatrics. I like watching Emiliano, and I think he's got a good game. He's also got a great new car now, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah that Ford Bronco, Bronco he won. Yeah, it's sick. sick. You guys, it? That was the best thing about this whole tournament was that Ford Bronco. Did you hear him rev it up? He wasn't bashful about that. 
And then the good clips where he, uh, I don't know where this was on the weekend, but uh, there were some kids kind of hovering around. I don't know if this was before the playoff, or I don't know when this was, but there's a couple kids kind of behind the fence, and he goes, hey, come over here and hit some shots, and he has them, like, hit some shots. It was pretty good content. And he stuck it. The kid stuck it, too. Well, the kid did the cross-handed grip, and he goes, are you a lefty? Because he's, like, left-hand dominant, cross-handed grip, but he hit, like, a pure iron shot. It was pretty cool. He also, like, posted a clip to Instagram after he won with the trophy and called it his new girlfriend. It's a little sus. I was like, what? Is this supposed to be I thought funny he was referring or weird? to the car when he did So I thought if you got rich, I don't know. I thought yeah. the girls might come flocking, yeah, but maybe not in this case. Know. I don't know about that one, Emiliano. So I got to get rich is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, apparently being good at golf isn't enough. Profit sharing. It's coming, tip. Don't worry. No, cash, will we? no shocker that Scotty was almost won the tournament, like, literally out of nowhere. Yeah. It was Great. He's like so consistent. It's crazy. Because like, was he one off? Was he one off the playoff at the end? Yeah, he shot. I finished seven on Sunday yeah. or something. Can't like that. putt right now. And I think Scotty's back nine on Saturday held him back. I think he had thirty nine or forty on the back nine on Saturday. He made you know hit like three or four greenside bunkers and didn't get up and down once. Been there. Yeah, I think Ben, you mentioned it, but the the course like isn't really that difficult. Or I never thought it was that difficult. But the way they set it up this week with the pin placements, where it just seemed like they were all impossible to get to, or like very little. Mo- uh, margin for error and I don't know like watching a golf tournament I appreciate that it's like harder on the players but when you're watching it like you kind of want to see birdies and guys stick it close and that just wasn't a whole lot of that this weekend I feel like you got to attribute a little bit of that to the fact that they're about to just rip up a bunch of the course though like yeah. I mean there's they weren't gonna you know it's easier to kill off in certain like format stuff so maybe it was a little firmer than it usually would have been all that kind of stuff which made those pin placements that much harder and it's, I feel like they were just kind of like stuck in between, you know. Like, sure, but if you know that that's what's going to be, like, why, I don't know why would they would pick those pin placements then. Like, is that always where those placements are, kind of thing? It's just like, I, don't, I don't know. I think the greens were just extremely firm, kind of uncharacteristically firm this week. There were two or three par threes that were, you know, only around 180 yards, and those guys they're probably hitting. Some of those guys are probably muscling nine iron, most at most probably eight iron, and the pins are in places where. Guys are landing on the fringe short of the pin, and they can't even hold the green. And I'm not talking about hold the green. I'm talking about it one hops off the green. So you just can't even go out the pins. So speaking of the scoring conditions, I was looking this up this morning. Like this is this and the Arnold Palmer, and I believe – let's check it real quick. And the, P, and the PGA are the only tournaments that are – the winning score is uh, less than 10 under, basically. Wow. Right? It's like major – almost like major caliber. It's yeah. interesting. Especially like for a non-elevated event, you'd think you'd, they'd – want people to see more birdies and eagles out there, but this was kind of that rare occasion of the whole calendar year that didn't do that. And the course just plays like a hair over 7,000 yards, which is extremely short for these guys nowadays. And I know the leaderboard was a little like underwhelming come late Sunday, but there were, the field was pretty there was strong. Some studs in there. I mean, Homa, Morikawa, Speed, yeah. Mike Block, Sungjae. Yeah. Mike Block was there, yeah. Let's talk. Wait, I, I don't have that in here. Honestly, I forgot about that, but we got to talk about that, right? So, Mike Block has an unbelievable week at the PGA, gets this exemption, he gets an exemption into the RBC, which is next week, not this one coming up. There were some high expectations for Mike Block, but probably none higher than what he had for himself and what he was kind of saying in the media. It kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but he shoots something like 14 over and misses the cut and makes comments like, if I could hit it as far as Rory, I'd be a world-class player. Well, here's your chance, bud. It's a course at 7,000 yards and you're not losing too many strokes, only hitting a 250 off the tee and he shoots 14 over through two rounds. Yeah, he's saying his, his short game is chipping and putting is world-class. Meanwhile, I think it was round round one or two because he obviously didn't make the cut, but he literally like shanked a 30-yard <laughs> shot like 50 yards beyond the green. Yeah. Yeah, well, he was feeling himself a little bit. I mean, it's a good story overall, but he definitely was feeling himself a little I, bit. I say you got to give the guy a little bit of a yeah. break here. I mean... Coming off of the PGA, which he would not have had any of that benefit of a shorter course, any of that kind of thing, it was his short game. It was his iron play that allowed him yeah. to be in that position. So he's probably feeling 
great about where his iron game, where his wedge game, where his putting game is. Like, it, it wasn't that crazy of a thought to be like, yeah, if you put a pitching wedge in my hand every time, I'm going to be a lot better than I am currently. That's not what he said. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't love he this said, comment. He he's a plus he four Im- handicap. He implied he's, like he's implied he can be just as good, if not better, than Rory if he can put it where he drives it all the time. I get it. I understand. But it's not as egregious as you're making it out to be, I think. He made the comment that he could come out Friday and shoot a 59 after yeah. that opening round. And I was like, I don't know, bud. That's a little bit of a I stretch. think that, that probably like was him. what sent me over that the edge. I like it. When he said that, I'm like, calm down. That it's like, was you're the feel-good story. Worse. That's way yeah. worse than the, if you put me where Rory drives his ball, I could be an elite golfer. Well, maybe he'll drop enough in popularity to come on the podcast. We can ask him ourselves. Hey, yeah. He might be tired of it. Keep trending down, like Mike. Keep uh, trending so. down. If things are not going well for you, this is where you this, end up. This is your safe haven. <laughs> you can go one-on-one with Colin. Colin texted me and said he was listening to the No Laying Up podcast, and one of the guys said, so one of the guys, Randy, on that podcast is kind of like a, he's like a Debbie Downer all the time. He always has like really harsh takes, and he was really down on Mike Block. And one of the other guys on the podcast said that Randy was like Leonardo DiCaprio and don't look up and how he was trying to warn everyone <laughs> that Mike Block was not all he was cracked up to be. It was, an, it was an amazing one. So what tournament? He's playing the RBC Canadian. Got it. In yep. Next week after Memorial. Yeah. Right before the U.S. Open. And yeah, maybe he can come back a little bit. Maybe he'll just like do like a middle tier round and be, come back to the earth. And yes. I think realistically, he's, obviously, he's going to cool now in terms of people asking for interviews and stuff like that. Or maybe he'll actually go in and. Yeah. With like that clear mind, and well, the lines were I, so inflated. Like yeah. he was like plus two seventy five to make the cut. Like yeah. it was like, come on, it's gonna be like plus eight hundred now yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like on Which the podcast, value, on the last podcast, we were talking about like mules that he might be like competing with, and we mentioned Austin Smotherman. He starts like four or five under to start yeah. the tournament, yeah. but like Austin Smotherman's odds to make the cut were right where Mike Blocks was, and he was and he shot fourteen over. Right, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> and when we had to play with him the first two days, so uh-huh. which was that's, yeah. why, that's why you're salty. Right. I think yeah. that I think I mean, that you were upset about that, but that meant Minwoo got featured coverage, so you got to watch a lot of he wasn't i don't think he was a feature i think day one he was then mike block shot 11 over and they were like all right we're not moving that again yeah colin kept sending like six texts in a row like where's min (laughs) (laughs) that's every week though i did see a clip i didn't realize min woo i'm gonna give him some credit here i didn't realize his club head speed was as good as it is he had ball speed over 190 that's like bryson and rory territory that's really fast yeah his average driving distance 320 pretty impressive got any other stats you want to rattle off for us Nope, that's just, I mean, <laughs> his mustache. Ben brought it up. I, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Minwoo officially PGA golfer as of two weeks ago, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's jump into the memorial this week, right? Jack's Place. We're back in the elevated schedule, another $20 million purse. This is a course that always, it tends to have some really good winners. Um, we know John Rahm plays well here. He was kind of snubbed of his victory in 2020 because of covid club pro guy had a tweet today he's like don't forget john rom should have made another 1.8 million dollars in 2020 but he had he tested positive for the flu <laughs> jesus hate when that happens we don't spread information misinformation in this podcast <laughs> but it should be a good week i mean jack's place always plays well i'm excited to see it i mean we know this course kind of plays like champ- major championship caliber right it's like long rough firm greens you really got to play your way around here doesn't really cater to the big hitter per se i mean john rom's played here but i think max homa and colin Morikawa, these guys all play well here so I'm excited to see. I mean, we had a good field this week, but the guys are probably on a major hangover, right? Kind of not playing that well, but they're kind of back back in the throws this week. We should we should be good in for a good leaderboard. Any picks for this week, guys? Who are we looking at? I've been pretty unsuccessful so far this year picking my guys that I root for, but I'm not I'm not hopping off that train yet. I'm going with uh, Colin Morikawa this week. Uh, he was he didn't make the cut at this event last year, but he was tied for second. Year before that, he also won that like workday charity open when it was like 
at this course the week before the memorial. So like literally exact same course. Uh, he won that event. So he's had success here at this place. And uh, when his iron game is on, he's the best in the world. And I think this Whoa. is a course where you got to hit the right spots of the green. If you miss the green, you're going to be in that thick rough um, with tough chips. So I think I'm looking at someone who can strike their irons really well this week. That's Morikawa. I think the one thing that surprised me about the odds is this is the first time and I can't imagine how long, probably about, I don't know, eight to 10 calendar months that Rory McIlroy is not the third best odds. Patrick Cantley actually jumps him in the odds here at plus a thousand and third and then Rory at plus 1200. We're starting to see, right? Some of these guys are starting to pass Rory. We need to see him kind of get it into gear, right? Brooks wins. Brooks wins a major surpasses him in total majors. Xander's up there. Yeah. And some places he's a little ahead. I agree. Like I think Rory's kind of falling into that, like, you know, B, B plus tier, the guys that are not like, you know, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler are clearly the two best, and can, Rory's falling out of the conversation. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, he's I, just... I could not have heard you right. In the odds, in the odds, not in my opinion. I actually think Rory will have a great week this week. I think this is a good course for him. I think he hits the high draw, plays into the greens. I think that Rory, his wedge game looked extremely good at the PGA, and that's the one piece that I, year in, year out, when Rory's wedges are better, he plays a lot better. So, so you're taking Rory? I'll take Rory this week, absolutely. It's yeah. interesting to see... Uh, oh, sorry, Tal. I saw you had notes, but I just, proceed. I probably take your notes when I just say my <laughs> proceed. Notes. Well, I was I was looking at the odds too. And Ken's I, been reading. I've yeah. been reading. Uh, been the reading last everyone else's notes. Ten seconds. Uh, it's interesting to see Ricky get in the top twelve in odds now. Like he, he's, he even like even though he's performing well before, you didn't see him betting wise in the top 10, 15, But he's actually been really consistent this year. He's like thirty five to one, twelfth best odds. Some decent value there for him. Yeah, Ricky's one of the ones I I, I like this week. Um, not that's not my not, actual. That's pick. not my pick. I'm just not saying. my actual pick. But I do have some notes here on him. Like, with the exception of that, the PGA, which was the first major he played in for like a long time. Like he's been playing some amazing golf. You know, in 2023, like it's he's played in 11 events. If you're including the PGA Championship, he's been top 20 or better in nine of those events. Was that really miscut. nine of the 11? Yeah, wow. for nine 11 with the miscut yeah, at the. The PGA and his other one was like a 31st or something like that. So he's actually been playing like really good golf. I think he ended last year or like, I think it was like nine months ago. He was like 190th in the world. And obviously there's, you know, some issues with world golf rankings and stuff like that and how they're doing that. But he's going from like 190 to like 45 or something like that right now. So he's just, he's been kind of humming. He always had that issue of actually like closing out winning a tournament. Like he's only won what two PGA tour events, but He's definitely seems to be writing his ship a little bit. So he's he's in a little parlay I got going on for top 20 finishes. Ooh, what does it tell us? And what's in that? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you got cooking? So I got, I got Rom. We hear the word parlay. We're like, ooh. ooh, ooh. I, you know I love parlays, and this is the most reasonable parlay I think I don't I've think ever these done. odds are just Five cents to win This is the most <laughs> reasonable odds I've ever done. Ricky Holen won first three holes. It was Rom, Cantlay, Xander, and Ricky to all finish top 20 at plus 770. Yeah. Very reasonable. Yeah. At a course where all the big guys seem to, seem to do well, and you know, not was, enough odds. Not, like, I not my Tully. It's, it's not who it's I like, am. I'm <laughs> trying to turn over a new leaf because all I do is lose money. Games. Tully's like, and that's parlayed with the Heat <laughs> and Fire <laughs> and the Nuggets mascot to dunk it. That's the first leg of the parlay. <laughs> yeah, but my other guy, the one I am picking to win it, is in that. That's Xander. I think Xander's one of those guys, one of those horses kind of thing that has just been. Rolling, you know, similar to how Ricky's been playing well, Xander's just been rattling off top 10 finishes. So when that is, he's, you know, losing a stroke maybe per round, you know, outside of winning. And he's one of the best ball strikers. He's in the top 10, most of those categories, like shots gained, T to green, all that kind of stuff. It, like Colin said, this is a course where 
you got to put it in the right place. You got to be able to hit the greens, all that kind of stuff. And that's something that Xander can do. Plus twelve hundred again. Not the odds I'm known for. Not not what I you know people love out of me. But that's for sure. It's what I'm going for. What the people love out of me. Some of the odds my, for my like, wife loves that I'm a dreamer. Okay, <laughs> hey, can you can you take that uh, and put it in the intro? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some of the guys who played pretty well last week have like astronomical odds. Like Shank is two twenty five to one. We got like, but the one I was surprised with is Kitayama is like two one twenty five to one. That's a pretty good value because he's a he's in the top ten or fifteen in the standings right now. Right overall in the season, like he's been pretty consistent. I mean, that's a pretty. It's a pretty good value bet for him, right? I think that him and Xander's arguments are pretty similar, right? Yeah, they're both very consistent. It's kind of like, and you see, like, as we get into the middle of the season here, guys are starting to show a little fatigue, right? The season's starting to get under their skin, and they're looking forward to majors. Some of these events are the ones that Xander and Kitayama and these guys pick up just because the field's kind of like, you know, you make the weekend, but if you don't have a chance, then you're kind of checked out for the week, and you're looking forward to the next one. And talk about a guy who's been playing well on tough courses this year. Kitayama won. Yeah. Arnold Palmer, we mentioned earlier, yeah. scoring was low there. Uh, played well at Oak Hill PGA Championship. So, yeah, I could definitely see it happening for him this week. Just throw 10 bucks on, on the, a couple of random guys in the back. He might be walking away with a payday. I wanted to talk a little bit about Ricky. I think that – Ken, you just kind of stumbled upon him, but I think there's some really intriguing stats here. So Ricky's actually 11th in strokes gained total on the PGA Tour this season, wow. and he's ninth in approach to green. And that's kind of where this course kind of makes its money is it's lots of long irons and lots of tough second shots. And I was reading about how the rough is extremely thick this year around the green. So the short game, like you're going to want to be hitting a lot of greens and hitting it close. And I think that I think that Ricky's a good pick. I think you should just take him. Okay, that's my pick. Yeah, just take him. Just do it. I'll wear a Sunday orange with him. <laughs> Drink a lot of orange juice. Screwdrivers, orange crushes. There you go. Tell you, I had some orange crushes at the O's game. Mostly Evelyn had them. We'll get to we'll get to those. So I heard ten percent in the can. I get you. Listen to this. I mean, Ricky, eleventh in strokes gained total, fourteenth off the tee, sixty seventh or fourteenth around the green, sixty seventh off the tee, nine approach, thirty seventh around the green, and forty sixth in putting. I mean, he's top fifty, sixty in every single major stat stat category. Not the Ricky we saw a couple years ago, man. He's really trending. That's what I'm telling you. Wasn't making up my stats and thoughts. Here, let me, let me throw my pick in here real quick. Go we were, for it, baby. We were, we were talking about it before we hopped on with one of the groups we were excited to see, which was Rory and Jordan and Tyrrell. And I think mm-hmm. that Hatton's actually going to come out because he's, I was going to say playing second fiddle, but I guess playing third fiddle to these guys. And he's not going to want to get upstaged by Rory, upstaged by Jordan. I think he's the guy that once he locks in, he's got all the talent in the world. And he's just going to be competing with these guys, get off to a hot start. And I think he's going to hold on for the weekend. What kind of odds he got? 2,500. Okay. I think if I, I re- thought he'd been higher, if, right around Ricky. If I recall, Hatton might have even been in a playoff to win this thing at one point. I think he's played extremely well, well I here. Feel even better about this. This is a course he plays well at. Yeah. Yep. The, the question always is with Hatton is like, will he just start losing his shit at some point? Yeah. Because he's a he's a little bit of a wild card out there, which <laughs> a lot of bit of a wild card. I like he uh he was pretty encouraging. I don't at want the, us to get sued at the PGA. I think he was something like five or six over through his first twelve holes. And then made the cut. Like, so his game, yeah, he got off to a little bit of a rough start. I mean, we know that course played tough. But Hatton, Hatton's game's not in a bad place. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I am excited, though, just to watch this course in general. Like, it ha- has to have one of, the, like, the best finishing stretches yeah. on the tour. Like, it's just it, the last, like, five holes, I think it is, are just there's water slightly in play everywhere. There's bunkers, garden, pretty much everything. Like, you're going to see some some people, like, I feel like in that last day, lose it. And somebody come out and win it. But it's gonna I do feel like it's definitely gonna be one of these bigger names we're all mentioning. 
I think the 18 is one of the better finishing holes on tour. It's kind of like a 480-yard par 4, and there's a creek at the left, but nobody ever goes in the creek left. But if you miss right, you're in some extremely thick rough with some moguls, a tree to deal with, to an uphill green. And when you are you miss that green, the, sh- the short game shots around that green are really tough. So, like, guys, when they win this event down 18, you got to really take it on, hit it down the fairway. Yeah. I think my favorite of it is 14. I think that's the one that... We saw Colin Morikawa in his playoff a few years back where, like, it's, like, a drivable one, but you have to be, like, unbelievably precise with it kind of thing. And it's, like, if you miss left, you're way above the green in a bunker. And if you're right, you're in the creek. But Or you can just lay up. But even then, there's the kind of the creek running through the fairway. I, you're going to see some fireworks there. It's just, oh, it's a really good hole, yeah. Is that hole the hole that goes, like, up and over the hill? Oh, 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 yes. It's the one that got the throat, gotcha. the throat, yeah, the neck yep, of the yep. green is up on the left. Yeah, but it's extremely tough, right? And it, the balls bounce all over the place, so you got to be really, really precise with it. Yeah, Ben, you mentioned the 18th green, um, the 18th hole. I think, I mean, we saw the theatrics last year at Southern Hills, that 18th hole. This hole kind of reminds me of that, like, down around the bend, up the hill, and then the green that just slopes so severely, like down. Very similar. And if you're like above the, if you're like above the hole or above the green, it's like an impossible chip coming back down. So, um, yeah, always produces fireworks at the end of the tournament. Nice. All right, let's get into some Whoa. of the stuff that you want to talk about. Chief Leather Whips. Okay. Okay. So, I'm prefacing this where if you know we haven't done a lot of research, but we did hear some murmurs about about this. So if if it's culturally insensitive. Please forgive us. This came directly off the PGA Tours website. <laughs> it was like five things to know going into the memorial. NSFW. <laughs> and it was so apparently Muirfield Village, the whole thing is built on and or like adjacent to a like a Native American Indian burial ground sort of situation. And Chief Leatherlips, which is obviously a very questionable name, sounds pretty fucked up. Not gonna lie. Culturally accurate. <laughs> Whoa. Well, it's his, I mean, it's his name. I'm just saying we're not making this up. Somebody might have made it up. We don't know. We don't know. But it's on Wikipedia. Yeah. No, that's, but, not, that's not his God-given name. We'll <laughs> say that. But, like, apparently that once they started this the Memorial Tournament, I think maybe it was in, like, the 70s, 80s, something like that when it actually started, they blamed Chief Leatherlips for any and all inclement weather. It was like a, a Native American curse. This sounds on the it, Yeah, exactly. It's very fucked up. up. It's very, like, what is happening here? But it's just... It was an interesting So they built read. a statue afterwards to make I don't know if when the statue was built that. or not, but apparently after there was like four straight years of, you know, the delays and the cabin to like, you know, stop play for any amount of time, it, you know, it was, I think it was 1993 is what it says. Barbara, who was Jack's wife, um, brought the statue of Chief Leatherships a glass of gin. <laughs> Leatherships <laughs> discovery, an old wooden ship. Oh god, we gotta, diversity. We have, we have to an cut old this wooden right. ship. <laughs> but brought the statue a glass of gin for like three straight days at the suggestion of Arnold Palmer's wife, because like, oh, you got to you get drunk kind of situation. It's oh, just yeah. like, what is going on here, Arnie Palmer? But it's just a very like, what? How is any of that? happening <laughs> also surprised to have never heard anything about yeah this, this was before. the first time i read it and it was like why is this number four on the pga tours like top five things to know before the <laughs> tournament like you know it was- <laughs> i went i went to a wedding in dublin last um last year and it now it checks out because we went to a thing called cornhenge where there was literally just stalks of corn like like stone corn was like white troop hundred there? corns I'm confused. How does that check out? Yeah, how does this check Native out? Native American backgrounds, corn. <laughs> was it maize? Was it, I don't know. Oh, the continental U.S. It seems like Native American. It I seems like it. they they screwed up a lot of stuff, and then they try to make statues to to, to remedy it. Basically, yeah. So, how's this going to help us with our betting? Is leather lips like 
pulling for anybody? I don't know. I don't know if there's any Native Americans. Apparently, got to give him some gin, and maybe it won't make it rain. Jesus. All right, moving on. All right, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about a few of the things that happened this past weekend. We got some big player golf. Let's start with uh, the the two v two match at Clustered. That thing went. Amazingly, I mean, me and Tully feel a little bit better about it because we won, but it was close. It was neck and neck the whole way. I think that me and Dub or me and Tully got two or three up on Dub and Colin on the back nine, but they really stormed back, and it Locked all in. it all came down to eighteen. A really good match. Yeah, I will say Dub and I didn't have our A game, so congrats to you guys. Oh but, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for yeah, a nice asterisk. I don't think it's uh, that's going to be like a, a theme here that you guys are always beating us. So what are you working on your game right now, Colin? So What's elim- working for you? Eliminating day. some shanks. I had five or six shanks out there, so take those away. I wouldn't have shot too bad, but yeah. Sounds like Tyler. I'm right there with you, bud. I didn't shank a single the, shot. The rough was getting to me. I was like, I was stopping my club, and then I was just literally blasting it straight right. It was pretty bad. What was nice. the shot of the round? I don't know what the shot of the round was, but the quote of the day was from Colin. Just fuck off, Tully. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting a little heated. A little heated. <laughs> Ooh, like, at dubs later, he's like, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean it. I was just really frustrated. Well, I'm sitting there on the green putting for a seven, and Tully's like, if you don't make this, you get the snake for a three putt. And I'm like, fuck off, Tully. I'm, oh, I hate the, the game of snake, all right? Oh, yeah, Tyler, we got to introduce you to that. So we started it last week in the league. So pretty much anyone that three putts owns the snake, and then the next person that three putts then retakes the snake. So by the time you get to the finish, whoever has the snake has to buy a round of drinks. Ooh, I like that. It, it was, was I lost a lot. No, you don't. It's a good thing you I like it now. Wait until you play it. It's well, terrible. there was there was there were like four different controversies that kind of screwed up the game. Yes. Say, are, are gimmies allowed when this game's played? If so, you're the snake, you decide if putts are good. So ooh, if it, yeah, I like that. it's fun. But if you putt it off the fringe, it's not a real putt. So but then on the last hole, putted it off the green, then put it onto the fringe, and then putted it back onto the the green. Okay, I just made a bogey, Jesus. But you two putted there, though. No, no I took the three. I took the three, buddy, even though I think there's an asterisk there for sure. Although Dub, Dub everyone cheated because Dub picked <laughs> up his third when he, like, Dub, Dub had, like, a three-footer for triple bogey. He goes, ah, yeah, oh, I'm stroke, at my, he's yeah, like, he I'm at my max. max or whatever, just picks up the button. I can see it. It doesn't matter. I'm at my max. Yeah, everyone, it's something happened to everybody. I don't know what the other one was. but Ken, do you want to take this opportunity to formally challenge Ben and Tully? What between me and you? Yeah, our next pairing. Oh, why not? Let's yeah, straight it. up, little two, well, you two straight up. We'll <laughs> yeah, take I was gonna say I'll uh, straight up. Oh, I'm, God. I'm not scared. Right, oh cool. God, we do do combined scores. So Good never, I am not scared. I have said moving to the combined score like scoring system. Right. I think has Formal been challenge. Good. I think we looked at it. I so I think assertive. See, we won one up, but I think we won by like eight or nine strokes because like the holes we won, we won combined stroke by a few. So like it actually ended up working out really nicely. I mean, when it really comes down to it, Dub just, you know, shit the bet. I know he's not here to defend himself, but Colin and I tied. That's my partner. He's not here for a good reason. Colin and I did our job and just, you know, canceled each other out with horrible scores. And then you beat Dub by like 11 strokes or something like that. Isn't Ken like third in the league in birdies too? So like we're going to crush him. Ken might be a second in the league in birdies. Yeah, Ken's coming. Tully, I think this is more of a situation situation where uh you know like maryland plays down to towson instead of you know the other way around with with you two at this moment you know we both shot a horrible score what the fuck do you want from me hey 91's not that bad that's i'm just saying you know i think it was the other way around well so we we did film a couple holes so i have to give colin credit i'm not i guess i'm spoiling this but you'll see the videos they're fun to watch we we filmed two holes out there today or on sunday and colin part on both and all three me dub and tully bogeyed each hole yeah didn't you have like six birdies? Yeah, but the film, the whole stuff we filmed, yeah. it was like as soon as we turned the camera on, Colin goes from shanking it to peering it. So like we got to stop filming Colin. <laughs> I'm when the lights stuff. are brightest. 
after the part three when we filmed, which was the second hole we filmed that day, I was like, Ben, can you just turn the camera on for me the rest of the day? <laughs> what if you just did a solo, like solo Colin every shot for the whole round and just Ben, you just followed him like you did at the range that one time. Like, where are your clubs? Like, Could not, do I don't it. have them. Could do it. People want to see it. I, I got a birdie this week at the league. Yeah, you did. You're humming. On the one you filmed before, but I wasn't there. The one that Tyler got a five on. What? <laughs> <laughs> you're my partner now. You're not supposed to talk about this. You're right. Um, that was that was a very good. If I was part. Snake, I would have given you that putt, Tyler. Thank you, Snake. I will say about Snake, it kind of screwed me up in the last three holes for actually scoring well. Yeah, because I actually like was thinking about it. The first six holes, I was not thinking. About <laughs> I was it thinking about a whole one. Yeah, like we literally had the par three. I know we're going along on this, but like we had the par three seventeenth. We all went over. Like all, like we all trying to play it safe, and then everyone just like hit these little like duff small little <laughs> chips. Everyone's like trying to chip it to the fringe. You know, three because there's like huge ledge on that par three. I think I hit. 60 70 percent of the greens on that nine and shot a 46 because i would hit the green and be like i'm screwed I, i'm gonna three putt and i had four or five three putts all that day it was horrible. i think part of me thinks that this snake game if we continue playing it is is going to make us better putters eventually but right now it's lag still putting. getting in our head quite a bit where we're like yeah like a 30 footer like we're just trying to lag it up there close but then we don't and then we're so nervous over the second one but we'll get we're gonna get better at these short putts i know we are where's our challenge gonna be Links to Gettysburg. Oh, Tyler! Oh, you got Tyler's <laughs> coming <laughs> off a hot round. The Links. Yeah, let's move to that. Tyler, so you played on you played on Memorial Day Monday at the Links to Gettysburg. Not a terrible score, but uh, tell us about your trials and tribulations. I had quite an eventful day. So it was an early tea time on Monday after we were all hanging out. You guys later into the evening on Sunday than I did. You were still there pretty late. I eight a.m. tea time. I think I left around eleven, so I was responsible. Uh, but I get there. We got there about 40 minutes before, actually hit the range beforehand. So that was Ooh. nice to get it loose a little bit. Um, but go out there, doubled the first hole. So I'm like, this is going to be a long day. But then I actually played okay on the front, ended up shooting a 39 on the front. So I'm kind of feeling myself Coming. a little bit. Wow, one over through the, la- the and last And then what days. happened? And then we, I get myself a nice breakfast sandwich at the turn, That's get a couple mistake. transfusions, go out birdie birdie on the back nights. And oh, I'm wow. really feeling myself. Wow. And then... The wheels just fell off. The next four holes, I went bogey, quad, triple, bogey. Um, he and texted and said, somebody hold me. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think I sent a text elsewhere that said, don't let me near any tall buildings. <laughs> um, but I ended up shooting an 85. I got a number which, for you, Tyler. Yeah. I'll give it to you after the pot. On a normal day, I'd be happy with an 85. But after thinking about my comments earlier in the podcast era where I said I wanted to have a nine under par meaning nine holes under par, I thought this was going to be the day, the stretch. Yeah, because you're two under the two first under two. Two under the first two. I'm it's just like, just nine. hold on. And then I posted back-to-back eights on my card, which oh. I don't know if I've ever done. Tails all this time. then it just, I was, Mickey was in the cart with me just trying to cheer me up, and it, it just was <laughs> not. Hey, good on Mickey. I would have thought he was be giving you shit and talking shit, though. No, because Mickey was having a hard day, too. Uh-huh. Love you, bud, and he knows it, too. <laughs> Getting off the tee was not his specialty. I think his balls might have been in the air for a total of that long on the whole. <laughs> <laughs> total of the round. Is this Rest of his game is okay. Rest of, he actually hit his irons great. He Yeah, he ended up shooting, I think, mid or high 90s with not being able to get off the tee, which was amazing. Yeah. But it, it was a fun round. We had, got to see some guys I don't get to see too often, so it, it was a fun time. So by my math, you were five under on – Five of the holes and then eighteen over on the other thirteen. Is that correct? That would be correct. Yikes! Wow, that's I've quick. been there. Yeah, five birdies for me, which is amazing. I don't know if that's I've probably ever had the five most ever. Yeah. That's a lot, especially there. That's, there's not a lot of I super mean, birdies. Only had six there. on 
Tuesday. That's clustered, Saturday. though. I mean, that's clustered. Oh, I, I think the Lynx is a tough course. I mean, that's going birdie-birdie birdie to start that back is pretty impressive. I mean, 10's like, you know, almost a 400-yard par four, and then the next hole is kind of tricky off the tee, right? Dog, like, right with water left and trees right. It's pretty impressive. Well, thank you. I will say, you were saying, like, I'm going to play horribly going into this. You're like. You feel like you don't play good there. Maybe that's the mindset we all need to have. It's like, we suck going into every round and then just play well. It's your swing freely. You, you yeah, don't. Just swing. Yeah. Unlike Michael Block, who was like, I'm <laughs> going to shoot a 58 and just didn't do it. Tyler basically had both Michael Block weeks in one round. <laughs> <laughs> PGA so Championship to turn, and then it went straight to the Charles Schwab. Hey, good breakfast sandwich, though. Good breakfast sandwich. Seems like it did you in, though. No, I got birdie birdie. Then it wore off. Should have got two. Should have got two. I'm looking forward to the Mark Shrine now. Tippy's got this course kind of under, you know, he's oh, got it under true. control. Hey, no, this is where the Evapco outing oh, is. Oh, I'm not invited this year. I'm not invited this year. Colin might get an invite. Oh, I guess. Well, oh, we're thinking cool. about doing like two groups for the oh, Mark Shrine. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think we're going to just like pose it to everyone in yeah. the, uh, that was on the golf trip. We'll do an A team and a B team. And yeah. just have like, that was my first ever tournament. You'll be on the A team, Ken. Yeah, that's what they tell you. He's a birdie fan. We're going to do a draft. And then there's going to be on, an I'll be on A team for like the actual. <laughs> I think, yeah, we should do that. We should get try to get two or three groups out to the Mark Shrine, and we should, whoever's in, we do like a draft. Take like the top three golfers and do like a little snake draft. Oh, yeah. And we'll play snake. I feel like last year at the Mark Shrine thing, we came in at like 15 under <laughs> with like some questionable, what? like just like, you well, you guys are integrity? cheating. I'm just saying. Colin played and we just won the whole thing. Yeah, and that was without cheating. Yeah, we didn't cheat. That was without you. <laughs> Yeah, we shot like 18 under. I think we birdied the last hole because we had a couple mulligans left. And then yeah. on our last mulligan, I don't even know if we're on the green on this part four, and the Collins sticks it to like eight feet. It was great. That was rain. That's the one where you come in and you're like way above the green, right? Yeah. You're like looking down on the guys that finish. That's yeah. like, that was really fun because you could just heckle people. I think like JP was like, yeah, we were out there in a scramble league. and it was only, you know, probably 20 groups. So we only had yeah. half the course. And then, yeah, our boys from the league were also getting 18 in that day. Kenny, let's talk about uh, your little O's game. How was that? Terrible. They lost 5-0. They got three hit and was literally no offense. But it was fun. It was good to be here. <laughs> All right. And, mo- hey, they're up 7-0 right now. Yeah. I, know. Better. I know. That's because Ken's not there. It was fun. The whole time we were there, I was just thinking, like, we all need to go to a game and we just have a riot. It'd be a great time. But, like, it was awesome. I have my first time back in the you know this year, so it was nice. Did you go to any bars before or just straight to the stadium? Well, I was there with my dad, so we had to go in early, watch, you know, batting Get there three hours and- early. Just in case yeah. it takes a while to get through security. We left at 9.45 for a 105 game. <laughs> that seems late for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it was late. Uh, Thank God traffic wasn't bad. There is some new stuff. Have you been to the stadium this year yet? Uh, not yet. There's some new stuff at the stadium. They have the uh, the Dempsey's is gone. There's like a sports book in there now. Like a sports book uh, restaurant bar thing, which is pretty cool. So that's where um, you hung out right before the game? Just we, We're eyeing it for next time, <laughs> I have to say. And they have the splash zone now. Scratching, wasn't he? You know, they didn't see the splash zone I on have TV. Seen the splash but the guy, there's a zone. There's a, there's a section that has a guy with like a hose and a water gun. Just everyone just gets soaked <laughs> the entire time. Does there's it, a double or an extra base hit or RBI yeah. or anytime you want to just spray somebody in the stands with water. Yeah, and it's always in the same spot, or they like pick a section. It's the spot it's the right same next spot, to the same splash, right next to the bullpen because you can. They hook it up to the hose there. And it's like so. It's nice. that, and it's just like real rowdy for the guys trying to warm up. So like day so game, middle July, you want to be in the yes, splash zone. That's the Miller Light flight deck. Yeah, that one. I want that one. And they got a lot of new food options at those game now. They got like How tacos. was the food? I've heard mixed reviews. Well, they still new got the classics. They got the classics, but they have like Vita tacos now. They got like um they got a Did bunch of vegan tacos? Vita. It's like a new taco thing they got. They got like a bunch of new like cocktail bar areas, which is cool. They got like airstreams in there, which okay. you can make actual cocktails and stuff, which I don't I think they might have had it last year. To find you it. can make cocktails. Well, there's a guy there making ta- okay. cocktails, but it's like a separate thing. So they like try to cut down on the lines where like you know, you don't get people more booze. I get it. Yeah. Smash burgers in there, which is good. Ooh. I don't know. Oh, nice. 
But yeah, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. But the way, again, literally, it was the I think it was almost the fastest game of the year. It was like two hours and twelve minutes, like really fast. You could tell the pitch clock thing was. And Evelyn's never been happier. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I had, mean, that may have been the three orange crushes. Yeah, right? she had a couple ten percent canned orange crushes and was living. So that's good. She kept rooting <laughs> for the Venezuelan players. She was rooting I'm for Tio! Santander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, whatever can help you get into the game, man. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, we got to go. We got to just pick a game and go. Give Maimon to go. Well, Maimon's not going to be in Baltimore anymore. Oh, yeah, true. We don't his have much time He's going to be in, like, Maine or something like that. When's he leaving? Maimon, if you're listening to this, when are you leaving? If, if, only, if only someone had some family that lived in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, she, no. she, she won't <laughs> drive you anywhere or his car is going to break down or something like that. Yeah, right? never again. Damn. <laughs> All right, boys, let's round it out. Let's talk about our Memorial Day Sunday grill out at Dubs. Everyone was in attendance. Hot off our wind, Tully. We were buzzing. Ugh, we were having fun. I was struggling. Tell you what, Dub hosted a great party. I had a lot of fun. He's got a nice little patio furniture out there, a little fire roaring late in the night. That was pretty nice. That was that was a marathon day for us. So you said coming right off of that, you know, so it was what we got there at to cluster day, like ten thirty, start drinking. Tully's defending himself now. No, no, I was just saying <laughs> it was just a long day. I think we all just got and like Eric shows up out of nowhere. Arguably, I, I don't even think Dub invited him. Somebody else. I did. Yeah. <laughs> he just shows up with a box of wine and like all of a sudden Ben's, Ben's wife's over there slapping the bag at like ten thirty at night, and we're just like, "What is going on here?" Hey, that wine was gone by the end of the night. <laughs> it was good wine. It's yeah. a funny experience to like get to it because I got I was in golfing that day, so I got there like after everyone else got there. I'm like, "Oh man, like this is what we're all like after we've had like beers on the golf <laughs> course." I was like, "I've never unbearable." <laughs> I was like, "I." to catch up all i know is you know ben and i are an elite golf team but colin and i are elite cornhole team is what oh, i learned this you guys did clean up and well, we didn't yeah. lose a well, single game me and tyler beating you but i went over so and then we dominated yeah. you set you set the tone and then we just ran tyler's tyler's like casting me under he's basically throwing me under the bus which i'll take it it's fine i've never <laughs> once thrown you under the bus no you're basically like you um, see that i can Dad see your eyes going right he didn't throw you under the bus eyes. he just drove the bus over in his eyes he's like everyone knows i'm still good no i actually stink at it. and screwed it up wait so in johnsonville they don't do the thing where you go over right it's just once you get to 21 it's over I have no idea. I don't think they do when you go over, you what, roll back. I, I, think I, I, don't like TV, I, I think we need to adopt some more professional correct. rules. I, I don't think anyone ever goes over, so I don't think there's, they don't need to worry about it. I think we need to adopt the Johnsonville set of rules. I think we need to play more no. cornhole if we're going to go that way. What do you mean they're too good they don't go over? Like, they, like they're they not going to get more than 20. They're not like going to go over. Like well, They're not going to make it without intentionally trying to make it in the hole. No, I think if they make um, like four bags on the last time and it gets them to 23, they win. It doesn't roll back. But uh, that's right. isn't that the rule of like if you make all four and one like you you just win or something like that isn't that something? All right, or is that another good to twenty three? It's like yeah. a softball player hitting a home run on accident and it's an out. We have some research to do on the Johnsonville Links rules. I prefer the brats. <laughs> Update next week. This is going to be a uh, cornhole podcast. It's going to be really exciting. I you bet know, we could get a cornhole guy on here. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch. That's I don't know. I don't know. We're not that big time yet. Can we just get Johnsonville on here? You know, one thing Tully said about being a marathon day, I completely forgot about this when we were talking about Clustered, but so we finished up our round. Surprisingly, we played lightning quick at Clustered, which we know usually is a a, holiday. It can be a five-hour round easy at Clustered, especially on a holiday weekend. Uh, But we went to the new Rockwell location out on Monocacy. Good, good time. I mean, the place inside looks great. The beer was great. They had TVs. Yeah, live music. We asked to change the channel to the golf. The guy just gives me the remote. Like, good vibes. I mean, it was popping. We saw... We saw one of the guys from the league, Arnie, the you know, with his yeah. wife and friends. And I went up to Arnie. I'm like, "Hey, Arnie, what's happening?" He goes, "He's like looking at me, like 
he doesn't want his wife to see me. Like I'm like his, we're like his play friends that he like hangs out with on Thursday night, but he's like, he doesn't want to be associated with us. So he's like, Hey, good to see you, man. Got to get back. Yeah. I believe the quote was Arnie, what are you doing here? He said, well, I'm old enough. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was a good spot. Like it was definitely a lot more room and stuff there, a little more flexibility than they have in their other spot. And they still have the two locations. So glad to see the, uh, you know, Frederick breweries growing as other Frederick breweries are abandoning us in a little bit. Right. I don't know if their tap list was any different. I think it's bigger there. It's definitely bigger. They definitely expanded their brewing capacity. And every beer I had was pretty solid. Yeah. And a couple IPAs, one more hazy, one like a more American, and it, both were really good. I like that they're trying to embrace the live music scene there. Like, they yes. got the stage up front. Yes. Um, it was a little loud. The music, the, the live music was a little loud for me. It's like an old man. anyone talking, but... Um, Let the yeah, live music a little loud. A little loud, though. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Colin's though. the one at the golf trip playing on his speaker at <laughs> full blast. He owns the speaker. Yeah. But it does seem like they're really going to embrace the live music there. I've heard they have, like, you know, like, lined up pretty much Fridays through the end of summer. People performing there. It should be good. I'll call mom. She can get a gig. Ooh, I love it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that band we saw at uh, Flying East is going to go up there. Good vibe. God, please not. One of three in Tokyo will come through. What about your buddy? The weird even. polka. What about group? your buddy, the Vapco, the drummer? Oh yeah, Scott. we get them out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, the ones at Bushwallers. Yeah, yeah they're, they're good. good. They were. All right, boys, that does it for us today. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. More content coming in there this week. Two holes filmed at Clustered. Tune in to see who is the only person to make a par if you weren't listening closely earlier. It's me. Make sure whoa, to check out. Whoa, spoiler. <laughs> also, make sure to check out our Facebook page, the Big Players Only Podcast Facebook page. We'll see you next week. Sponsored by Johnsonville Brats. <laughs>